the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday, June 8th edition of The Ride Home. It's good to be with you here. Another gorgeous day across western Pennsylvania. Kath, good to see you as well. How are things in the spare room? Uh, well, things in the spare room are moderately hot right mm-hmm. now. Uh, for those of you that listen to our program or who watch it on Facebook, know that John and I don't have air conditioning in either of our homes. And so we are, you know, subject to the elements in, in the summertime. <laughs> and the elements tomorrow, John, they're coming. <laughs> two days, two full days of the elements headed our way. Well, they're saying record. Tomorrow's show will be the dripped in sweat edition <laughs> of the ride home. Or right. what were these coconuts thinking? Why don't they buy air conditioning edition of the yeah, ride home? That would be a good idea. Smoke. That would be a good idea. Anyway, it's going to be super, super hot in Western yeah. Pennsylvania for the next two days. Now, tomorrow is going to be horrible. Mm. Wednesday, I think, is the potential to be significantly worse. Very nice. Why is that? Well, because it's degree less. It's going to be 93, but pouring down rain. Oh, okay, fine. All right. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, it's locusts feel may like come. equatorial here. Nice. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I just you take it what it is. It's summertime, right? It, it, listen, does listen, it not I, beat twenty-one degrees and fifteen layers right. of clothes? I mean, I was I was wrapped in a blanket here for you know eight weeks complaining. So I not that shut long up. ago. It was like you know ten days Gosh. or so ago that blanket was still on you. Anyway, never happy. All right. Hey. So um, during the pandemic, of course, everyone had sort of a different routine to their lives. There was sort of a you know a. a and, and I'm not I'm not trying to speak in past tense because this thing is still going on, despite the massive crowds that have gathered for the uh, George Floyd protests. Um, and that's all well and good. Right. Right. OK. But imagine living in Rome and never having to go see and never having been to, to the museums or the Colosseum. I've got I saw an article in Wall Street Journal last week tells the story of a woman. Her name is Elena Buchari. She lives literally across the street from the Coliseum, and she has never ventured a foot inside. Come on. (laughs) She said, normally you can see nothing but people looking out from the Monuments Arcade onto a sparse crowd of cyclists. Now we Romans can actually enjoy the wonders of Rome. So all the museums are now starting to No, wait. I understand there's a lot of crowds in Rome. Not that I've ever been there. I would love to go. But... I mean, that just has to be outright laziness if you're not going to walk across the street to the Coliseum, right? Well, can you imagine those lines, how long it must take to get in there? Hours and hours, don't you think? So you kind of go across the street. Yeah, I know. You think you either, either make some friends with the, the gatekeepers and go in after hours or something, right? Right. Hook me up. Or they like, wouldn't. Do- isn't it surprising they wouldn't have like a city pass? Like if you lived in Rome, you somehow got right. like a, you know, jump to the head of the line kind of thing. I mean, I get it. I get it because there are things in Pittsburgh that like if I told you I had never done them, you would be so horrified. You'd be like, you are a loser 
and have you know have no right to call yourself a Pittsburgher. So yeah, I get okay. that. So it would make sense, right? I get. Okay, I so- understand that you could be in a city and not do a thing. It just seems like if you're if you're right across from the Coliseum, that you would find a way to just venture over. Yeah. Okay. So the Coliseum normally daily sees fifteen thousand visitors per day. Oh, that's a lot. Now, because of the pandemic and it's opened finally, they've capped those to six hundred a day, which okay. would be fabulous. You can wander around and see all the sights and not feel like the crush of people around you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. And imagine like the museums. That. I mean, all the museums are open, all the holy sites are open. I would just love to go and wander around. Now would be the time. Listen, you have traveled a lot in your life. Yeah, I have not traveled as much as you had, but I still traveled a lot. Sure. Neither one of us have ever been to Rome. No, I can't believe it. No. So isn't that, that's just wrong. Yeah. My sisters lived there. Yeah. You had two blood relatives that lived there and you couldn't find your way over there. I, know. <laughs> I mean, John. Yeah, yeah. The invitation never came. I don't know what the problem oh, is. But yeah. <laughs> they must have been mad at you for something you did when you were 11. <laughs> and, you know, the resentment runs hard. In and the it whole was family. probably well-placed. Probably so. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, you know, if you're so inclined, air travel's opening up again, right? Would you get uh, on an airplane? No, because it seems, have you read about traveling on the airplanes? No, tell me. Well, the airlines are saying you must wear a mask, but no time. one's wearing masks. I mean, the, you know, the employees, you know, the, uh, the stewardesses and all, and no one, it's just wide open. And so they're not enforcing any of that. So you're just left to your own devices. So we were talking about family vacation, the four of us uh, in my family last night, and we were talking about, you know, where where we might look into going and what it might mm-hmm. be like. And someone mentioned, you know, going to Florida or something like that. And we all were like, would you get on an airplane right now? And yeah. we all decided that we wouldn't. But then we were like, imagine how cheap it would be to go somewhere. Sure. And then maybe we're dumb for not getting on an airline. Yeah. But here's the deal. Uh, unless you're Unless you have a direct flight. I don't want to get on a plane. Really. For any reason? Or just no, because of the pandemic? Just because I'm flying. Okay, if you're going to go to Florida, you're going to fly probably from Pittsburgh to Charlotte, then Charlotte right. to... Yes. I'm not going to hang out know, and do that. I'm just not. It's a pain it's in the pain butt. pain in the neck. I agree. So anyway, I'm just being spoiled. And look at me. Like, I've got a lot of options. I'm looking at inflatable pools in the backyard. I'm not going anywhere this summer. And I'm not. how's your car? It's still... It's in process. It's in process. How long has it been in process, John? A little over three weeks. Three weeks. So you've been without a car for three weeks. Yeah, but I'm not going anywhere. My wife's got the car. She's going out to work. And yeah, how here are you I sit. eating? Well, my wife's going to the store. And well, you know what? For a big outing for all of us, we all go to the store. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, yeah, we're excited. Super excited. Well, it's like vacation for the family, right? right? Exactly. Then That's everybody sad. gets like their own special treat. You know, like the last time I bought a, a box of uh, raspberry archway cookies. Wow. You thought, well, I'm living on the edge. Yeah. Listen, I went to the strip on set. In fact, I sent you a picture from the strip on oh, Saturday. Oh, yeah. How's the strip? Uh, the strip was much more lively mm-hmm. on Saturday than it has been any of the previous Saturdays. So I was, I was happy to see it. Okay. So people are starting to go out mm-hmm. and move a little bit. And it seemed like everybody, uh, the uh, in every store, everybody was wearing masks. I didn't see a single person inside a store not wearing a mask. Excellent. So thumbs up, All Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, Pittsburgh's done good, haven't we? Yes, I think so. It's been very challenging and people have disagreed and there's been a lot of angst, but I think overall we've done well. What week is this? Is this week number 11 or 12? Do you have any idea? This is week number 380. Yeah, it feels like That's just what it seems like. All right. 
Well, at some point, believe me, tomorrow we'll wish you and I were back in studio. Exactly. We're going to be absolutely roasting. Tune in tomorrow for Mm -hmm. the Dripping with Sweat edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Anyway, coming up on today's program in the five o'clock hour, uh, we'll be talking about two terrific stories. One, how protesters protected one lone cop. Um, A story from USA Today that I read this morning that I thought was really amazing. And then we're going to talk to a brand new guest, Dennis Edwards, about the revolution. The revolution, he says, will not be videoed. What Paul and Silas may have said about George Floyd and Ahmad Arbery, Brianna Taylor, and 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 so we'll look forward to a great conversation there taking us into a phone segment if you want to talk about the racial protests about where we are in america we're looking forward to hearing from you at 5 30 but john coming up next our good friend greg clugston srn news white house correspondent will find out what's news inside our nation's capital very nice let's step away for just a few minutes when we come back we go as we do every monday live to the white house with greg clugston stick around it's the ride home with john and kathy uh, on Facebook at 101.5 Word FM. You want to check us out there. And of course, always here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Hey, it's Ryan. And luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve Word FM listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian health care sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. 
Here you go. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com It's Monday. That means it's our time to meet verbally with our friend Greg Clugston. He's the SRN News White House correspondent. He gives us the latest on what's going on inside our nation's capital. Greg, how are you today? Hey, I'm good, Kathy. John, great to be here. You know, we've been virtual before virtual was a thing, right? Exactly. Our whole friendship has been virtual, Greg. <laughs> That's very good. Hey, Greg, um, the White House in Washington, D.C. has been a, uh, a boiling cauldron of protest. There is uh, barriers up around the uh, White House right now that are actually unprecedented. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, it it has a fortress-like feel on the outside. They've uh, put up extra fencing. Um, obviously, there's there's a perimeter fence around the White House complex to begin with. It's permanent, and so there's been some additional temporary black-colored fencing that's going up, you know, uh, along sidewalks around the old executive office building and around Lafayette Park <clears throat> across the street from the White House. And so, obviously, that was all in response to the huge numbers of demonstrators. And then, of course, it was just a week ago that we had um, some violence um, and some looting in downtown D.C. as well as other American cities. And so there, there were those efforts to clear the park. The president, of course, made that, uh, that photo op at the church of St. John's across the way there. Um, thankfully, the, the, the demonstrations after those initial couple of days a week ago um, have largely been peaceful and um, while there still had been a National Guard and a strong law enforcement police presence uh, in, in D.C., the, the temperature has, has been dialed down quite a bit. In fact, the president was announcing yesterday, <clears throat> and, the, and it was uh, confirmed by uh, D.C. officials here in Washington today, that National Guard troops that had been called, about 5,000 of them here in D.C., they are, they are now going back home. So things have turned a corner, it would seem, right now. Very good. Greg calls across the country for discussion on defunding police forces, uh, whether they're local police forces or city or state or whatever. The president responding via Twitter saying he's for law and order. Yeah, he's been talking about law and order really for several days now, and he doesn't think this is a wise idea to defund the police. Uh, He was basically on Twitter, first of all, saying that he thinks it's a crazy idea uh, he was tying Joe Biden uh, to that whole idea as well, with, with the Trump campaign essentially saying Biden's silence on the issue means that he's really essentially um, supporting it and standing by it. Now, the president did just speak to reporters just a few minutes ago. Um, he had a meeting with some law enforcement officials this afternoon uh, at the White House. And so reporters just got out, and uh, we heard from him just a few minutes ago. And he, he was again expressing, as his spokeswoman did earlier, you know, that he's really appalled by the idea uh, that local cities and municipalities would think it's, it's, it's a smart move 
to um, move away from supporting financially the police department. He's talking about how there have been, um, you know, the crime rate uh, in so many cities across the country has been improving. And uh, he just thinks that it's uh, it's not a forward-looking way of dealing with the situation. All of that comes at the same time that you have Democratic members of Congress in the House, led by Nancy Pelosi, uh, putting forward a police reform legislative package. Now, they're drawing distinctions, the, the Democrats in Congress are, between the de- defunding police effort that, like the Black Lives uh, Matters movement is calling for, and the reforms that lawmakers are insisting upon. So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to this issue, and everybody seems to be talking about it one way or the other. I see. So what do you think, Greg? Uh, does this have legs at all? Is this uh, obviously um, a reaction to what's happened here in the in the past couple of weeks, especially with the exclamation point of George Floyd? Uh, something like this would require, of course, some bipartisan support, and that seems to be almost an impossibility. Yeah, John, you're right. That that seems to be the case with uh, so many of these large pieces of, of legislation. Now, the Democrats, they've got the numbers in the House. And so by proposing and putting forward this legislation, and part of it, what it would do, for example, it would, it would create a national database when there's excessive force used by police, and they would, uh, put a, they would establish some new standards for police training, those kinds of things. Um, Democrats probably have the numbers, probably, to go ahead and pass the bill in the House, but the Republican-controlled Senate is a different story. And so that's, that's the point that you're, you're drawing. And so um, we haven't seen the full details of the legislation. It was just unveiled a few hours ago. So we'll have to wait and see what the official reaction is. And the White House hasn't had a chance to examine it closely yet either. Um, but the, the chances are that there's, there's going to be some politics involved in um, possibly setting up some obstacles for it to pass, especially on the Senate side. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent, his weekly gig on the ride home. Um, Greg, it's uh, this is a, just a personal thing, but it's discouraging to me that at a moment like this where there's so much conversation needed, so much give and take, um, perhaps as never before in the history of our country and people needing to hear from people who have opposite opinions, it, it just seems like our leaders in D.C. are every bit as intent on rancor as ever. Yeah, it, it is a troubling time in that sense because, uh, you know, you're, you, um, I, I think traditionally people have looked uh, to Washington, whether it's the president at the White House mm-hmm. or sure. uh, certain prominent members of Congress, leaders there, um, for, for guidance, for leadership, for reassurance, uh, for a plan. Uh, and so uh, not just on this issue, but on so many key issues, whether it's health care, or immigration, or, you know, you just kind of go down the list of, of the huge, big topics and the big challenges that our country has faced. Um, and the last number of years, it seems, you're right, that political divide has been so sharp, um, it has prevented uh, any real action on so many issues, which has fed into, um, you know, a disappointment, um, if not outright, you know, skepticism by the American people of what really can be accomplished. And so this, unfortunately, is the latest example of that. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, it's interesting, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we've been talking about the uh, global pandemic that has been sort of pushed aside. But now, you know, with the uh, the protests and the demonstrations over the past week or so, and you see thousands of people in the streets, you wonder, you know, we're not even through the first wave. 
what that's going to look like and how, you know, the CDC is responding and the president's response to that as well. It feels as though we're almost in some ways back to square one. Uh, I'm sure things are going to ramp up. And the president has talked about this. Well, the White House today was pointing out through Kaylee McEnany, the uh, the press secretary, she was saying that in, in so many ways, when you look at some of the encouraging statistics, that uh, the country is moving in the right direction. When it, when you're looking at hospitalization rates that have really come down and, um, and, and all the rest. So they were pointing to some encouraging numbers there. However, to your, to your issue, your point, Dr. Deborah Burks, of course, the coordinator of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, was saying earlier that she is worried, as are some other health experts, about the potential impact that these protests may have on curbing the pandemic. Because we've seen the video footage, we've seen the photos of, of mm-hmm. these large crowds. There are a lot of people wearing masks, but certainly not everybody is. And even just prolonged exposure, even while wearing masks and doing your best to keep your distance from people, uh, very difficult in these kinds of situations. And so obviously, everybody in those demonstrations um, are at a higher risk than they would be, obviously, if they had stayed home. So when you multiply that by not just Washington, D.C., but in all the other cities where we have seen these demonstrations for more than a week now, um, health experts say we need to be looking at the uh, the number of cases and hospitalizations and positive test cases uh, two, three weeks down the road because that will be the lag time before possibly we see those symptoms emerge. Uh, Greg Clugston with us from the White House. Uh, Greg, let me ask you about the uh, Republican National Convention. Um, have there been decisions made? What's What's all the conversation right now? So the RNC is supposed to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, the last week of August. That was announced almost two years ago, and there has been a contract between the Republican Party and the city of Charlotte to host the convention there this summer. But, um, you know, the president a couple of, almost a couple of weeks ago was saying, you know what, we want, to, we want assurances from the city of Charlotte that we can have a full capacity convention, meaning they want 20,000 plus people in the basketball arena. Um, and the, st- the story goes that the president didn't want masks, didn't want social distancing. He just wanted a full packed house. And the governor of, of North Carolina essentially said, you know what, we, we don't know what the situation health-wise is going to be um, a few weeks from now at the end of August, and we cannot make that kind of a guarantee to the Republican Party. And so with that information, President Trump and the GOP announced that he's not going to give his acceptance speech at the end of the convention in Charlotte. He's going to go somewhere else. And the party is currently looking at several other cities and states to host the president's nominating acceptance speech. And what's still unclear is exactly if or what part of the convention leading up to the president's speech may still take place in Charlotte. There still could be some business. The delegates may gather there, but it's going to, it's going to be looking like, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to look like a convention that we typically have seen in, in past years. So, so most of the, this is so crazy. Most of the convention would happen in one place, but the press would be in the other. 
That's that's the suggestion from Republican Party officials. Now, really? we we don't know if that means. I mean, because there's a lot of behind the scenes business that goes on, and you know, um, approving the platform and voice votes and all the rest. But then, separate from kind of the business of the convention, you also have the made-for-TV primetime speeches um, at each night, Monday through Thursday. Can you know, obviously, finishing with the president's acceptance speech in this case for the RNC. And so we we don't know yet if there will be evening speeches in Charlotte or in some other location. As you might imagine, with thousands of people, including thousands of press, as well as law enforcement and all the rest that have <laughs> made plans and reservations to be in Charlotte at the end of mm-hmm. August, um, it's it's creating a little bit of chaos in terms of planning and uh, knowing exactly where the president will be when he gives his speech. Well, it promises to be a long, hot summer. And, uh, of course, Republicans have the option, I, I believe, of just saying we're going to do things internal, sort of like a Zoom made-for-TV convention. Uh, considering, you know, I, I think often of, you know, the, the convention in Chicago in 1968, mm-hmm. we would not be far from that or, you know, perhaps even worse from worse than that. And who knows how this will unfold I would hope that there'd be some contingency for for calmness and for peace as the summer moves forward. Well, certainly, we we all hope that. And the Democrats, meanwhile, are also struggling with with knowing how to move forward with their convention plans. They have been, at least publicly, more than the Republicans. The Democrats have been uh, more at least agreeable to the, uh, you know, at least putting out the idea of having a much more scaled back convention, whereas President Trump and his team um, are just the opposite. They, uh, I think he's really interested in having um, a roaring crowd of support uh, when he uh, accepts the uh, the nominating speech there one, one more time. And so both parties are really sort of in a pickle as to how to move forward. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty, shall we say. <laughs> oh, Greg, there's never a dull moment, is there? Rarely, rarely. We we have we. I, I don't think we've ever had uh, a lack of topics on Mondays to talk together. No, we haven't, Greg. Just think, you could have gone into another line of work, but it would have been boring compared to this. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. So what about you personally? I mean, as you make your way through the, you know, as we started off our conversation a few minutes ago, uh, what's it like for you as a member of the working press to find your way into um, the White House? It's got to be an obstacle course. Yeah, sir. I mean, it literally has been different. We There have been some different um, uh, security precautions that have been made by the White House complex for anybody entering, and that includes members of the press. Um, some of those have eased simply because of the conditions that I, we, we were talking about uh, with the protests, you know, becoming peaceful and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the rest. So that's, that's encouraging. But you're right. It, um, be, between that and between um, coronavirus testing, so, for example, uh, the tight-knit group of reporters that each day in a rotating basis is responsible for uh, being in the room with the president if there's an event or traveling with the president and or the vice president, uh, there are still is COVID-19 uh, rapid tests being, uh, you know, being taken each morning for members mm-hmm. of the. So I've 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 had that test three times now. We continue to get our temperature taken before entering the complex. So all of those um, health and safety protocols for the coronavirus are still in effect. And then of course we've had the added um, issue with the protests the last few days. So 
it's it's been a challenge and it continues to be for the reporters but uh we have a duty and we're we're glad to do it well would that we could talk about baseball greg but those are two more groups of people that can't seem to get along so <laughs> that's out too that's right. Hopefully they'll come up with something, but boy, they're they're digging in, aren't they? They sure, sure is. All right, Greg. Well, listen, always a great pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, we really appreciate your presence here for your insight. And uh, be careful out there, whether it's the virus or the, uh, the barriers. You've got yourself a, a lot of obstacles to overcome as you make your way through the White House. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kathy. Greg Clugston, SRN News, Salem Radio Network. White House correspondent, information about Greg at wordfm.com. Take a break, come back. We're just getting underway here, the uh, Monday edition. How about a treasure chest with a million dollars? It's out there. Someone's found it. As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women investors. This guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need. Featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
Clear skies tonight, low 59. Sunshine tomorrow, record time heat and more humid. High tomorrow, 94. Tomorrow night, turning out partly cloudy, breezy and very warm, low 73. Turning cloudy on Wednesday, it will be breezy. Temperature near the record of 94, humid, a shower or thunderstorm, high 91. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. This is such a cool story. Ten years ago, a man by the name of Forrest Fenn, 79-year-old art and antiquities collector, created a treasure hunt. And this treasure hunt was meant to encourage people to get out into the Rocky Mountains and discover what it would be like to be in nature. Now, this was in response to the 2009 economic downturn. Remember that? Yeah, okay, I remember so well. this man, he found that he had a chest. He had like this old treasure chest as an antiquities dealer. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to fill this with gold, diamonds, rubies, and precious gems. Okay, and like go real out stuff. into the Rocky Mountains. Real stuff. Real stuff. Okay. And I'm going to go out somewhere in the middle of the Rocky Mountains and let this chest sit until some uh, some explorer goes out and discovers this. He then published a book that had a long poem that included nine clues as to where this treasure chest was located. Now, in those intervening nine years. More than 350,000 people from around the world have set off in search of the chest of treasure. Oh, my gosh. In that, one person has passed away, most likely never to be found again. Other people have gone, this has been the journey of my life. Well, yesterday on Forrest Fenn's website, he announced finally, after 10 years, someone has claimed the prize. He doesn't know who the person is. The Forrest Fenn said, I got a a photograph via email from someone, and it clearly is the chest in the location that I put it in. So congratulations to that intrepid explorer. Can you imagine finding a chest with gold, diamonds, and jewels? That is so cool. Isn't that amazing? 350,000 people tried to find it. Around the world, yep. yep. And they came somewhere into the Rocky Mountains. And looked and looked and looked. And he said, let me see, let me find this, what he says. Uh, he says, quote, it was under a canopy of stars in the lush forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from the spot where I hid it more than 10 years ago. Wow. I do not know the person who found it, but the poem in my book led him to the precise spot. We have to that, hear more about that. We have to hear oh, from I'm the person sure who will. found it, and we have to hear the whole story. Yeah, there's got to be a documentary that a, in that there. That would be a great book or documentary. Oh, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So congratulations. That's really terrific. All right, coming up next, John, let's change subject matter and um, ask the question, can you really pray without ceasing? Right? So Paul says that's the way we should pray. Is that even really possible, or is that just like some kind of lofty goal? Well, we'll talk to Frederica Matthews Green about that. She always asks hard questions and gives terrific answers. So that's coming up on today's edition of The Ride Home. God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. 
Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend. This is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace To You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand With Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand With Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A dot com. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At trinityjewelers.com. Frederica Matthews Green is with us again. Frederica is an author whose works have appeared in Christianity Today, the Washington Post, Smithsonian, the LA Times. We found Frederica many, many years ago. She wrote a wonderful book called The Jesus Prayer. Her latest book is called The the Ancient Desert. I'm sorry. Her latest book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an introduction to Eastern Christianity. But Frederica is here today to talk to us about the idea of pray without ceasing. Not even the idea, the admonition to pray without ceasing. Frederica, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Hi, John. Good to be with you again. Uh, Thank yeah, you that's the that's that thing, the pray without ceasing. How are we supposed to do that? And um, I remember a friend of mine years ago saying, well, of course St. Paul didn't mean that literally. You can't literally mm-hmm. pray without ceasing. But the thing is, he said it in so many letters. He said it four different times to four different communities. 
so I, I think probably he did need it. Uh, let's see, Romans 12, 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Ephesians 6, 18, Colossians 4, 2. All variations on pray without ceasing. Um, so I think we are supposed to take that literally and figure out how to do it. Hmm. All right, so I, I'm wondering what is surrounding those mandates. I'm looking at the First Thessalonians 5. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it kind of gives us maybe a picture, Frederica, of what our prayers are supposed to look like, yes? I think so. And I think the idea is that you are always keeping your heart attentive to the Lord. I think where we get confused is if we think it means we have to be saying words to God all the time. So that can um, certainly be boring, if nothing else. But uh, if you could keep your heart focused on the Lord all the time, always giving thanks in every circumstance, or crying out to help if that's what you need. It's remembering Him that's the hard part. He's already there. He's always with us. But we forget Him. So that's what prayer needs to teach us how to do. I see. So, Frederica, years ago when you first joined us, when we talked about the, the Jesus Prayer, you said that that revolutionized your life because it allowed you to pray a short prayer almost continuously throughout the day. Tell us about that. Yes, that's true. Uh, the Jesus Prayer um, is, a, is a short prayer. The words of the Jesus Prayer are, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. That's the shortest form of it. You could say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. You could vary it. And this was developed by Christian men and women who went out into the desert of Palestine, Egypt, in the very earliest centuries of the Church, because they realized the reason we don't always feel aware of the Lord's presence with us is because our minds get distracted and we start thinking about other things. So they realized if you had a short prayer you could just hang on to, like home base, you know, in a game of tag, you could go back to that short prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. What I found as I began to say that prayer, um, I had been a Christian for many years at that point, and I'd already set up prayer times during the day. They're fairly stable, and I do think that's an important element, is actually having prayer times and actually doing them. If you don't do the prayer, it's not going to work. But I already had some prayer times. I started using the Jesus Prayer And I found that all these different prayer times began to kind of knit themselves together so that it was as if the sense of God's presence was constant. Um, I would go into a time of prayer and come back out of it and do something else, but the presence was always there. I've always wanted to help other Christians learn how to do that. Mm. So, Frederick, we've talked to you about this for so many years, and you've given us a lot of good strategies, but I think the heart of it is that you've been committed to doing it and, like, trying it and seeing what happens. And uh, I I really have appreciated following along with your journey because you've kind of, it, it hasn't seemed prescriptive. It seemed like a person who was trying to actually interact with a real God. It wasn't just a, a bit of, you know, religious, uh, a religious duty to check off. That's so true. Um, I, I think that if we want to have a regular prayer time, we promise we're going to do it, 
if it has to be duty, you know, if, if on this particular day you really don't feel like doing it, but you do it anyway, I think that's a very sweet offering to God. That's the sacrifice of praise. But it's certainly true that if you can make your commitment and stick to it day after day, month after month, year after year, it bears fruit just like any kind of exercise. Anything you promise yourself you're going to do and you actually do it. I always say it's better to say 50 Jesus prayers every day than say 100 one day and then not pray at all for several days. It's actually doing it that makes the difference. Frederica, when this when this comes up about the uh, the idea of pray without ceasing, I often think of uh, Evander Holyfield because his example of praying to me is is inspirational, and, and so the very short story is that Evander Holyfield is a professional boxer and he was in a boxing match with Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield a portion of his ear off, and then after the fight. Of course, while they were trying to stitch a portion of that ear back on to Evander Holyfield, someone said, hey, Evander, whenever that happened, did you get mad? And he said, no, I was praying, so I really didn't have time to get mad. Wow. (laughs) And I thought, what the heck? You're in a boxing ring with the most ferocious fighter of your generation, and you're praying while you're fighting. And I think that's the admonition to its most extreme form. It certainly is. Boy, it's you would think that you would be so preoccupied that you couldn't pray. But that's the whole point. You get yourself in this habit, and you find the prayer is always there. It's always ready for you. So I would, I would encourage people to think about what do you think a Christian ought to be doing every day in terms of prayer. There's certainly people you love, you pray for every day. There are prayer requests that come to you that are kind of urgent, there is your daily Bible study. There, there are all these different things you'd like to be doing during the day. From the very beginning, from some of the earliest Christian documents, one of them says, we say the Our Father three times a day. So that idea of having a couple of different like prayer stations during the day, it's right there from the beginning. So do your Bible study at one time, do your intercessory prayer at another, uh, do the Jesus prayer at another time having a lot of small prayer stops during the day, I have found is more effective than having just one big one. But do what you can. Don't try to do what you can't. That's fabulous. So uh, a little sprinkle throughout the day, right? Uh, that kind of works. That's the way to do it. I think so. I think that's more effective. It's, mm-hmm. It can seem daunting to think about committing yourself to a long prayer time. I know if it was me, I would be avoiding it. But a lot of short ones I've found easier to do, and I found that they knit themselves together. Um, they, like, attract each other and connect with each other, and then the prayer really is just constant. It's always going on. Hmm. Talk about that knitting process. Um, I guess that's the case in anything that you do throughout the day. If you're talking to your spouse throughout the day or if you're, you know, sending a text message to someone who's sick or you're, you know, you're checking up on someone who's quarantined and um, can't receive visitors. If you do it regularly, it becomes a longer conversation. Yes. Yeah, I think that's true. And this, for me, when I started doing it, it was before I'd ever heard of the Jesus Prayer. I just started doing short prayers four different times during the day. And it was, it was like I was always kind of aware, is it time to do my next prayer time yet? Oh, no, it's not. 
but just thinking that, I would think about God. I would like say, well, hi, Lord, I'll be with you in another 45 minutes, or whatever it was. So that was part of what linked it together, was that it kept turning me to remember the Lord all those times, even if I wasn't having the prayer time right then. And it made me, it was very encouraging to have it broken down into small pieces, because I could actually achieve that. And I didn't want to avoid it, as I had when I'd had, you know, bigger, more ambitious, you know, prayer plans earlier on. Yes. It's so, it's so hard to define what part of it is the Lord working in you and rewarding your, your intention, even if you don't execute it very well. The Lord is just so pleased when we pay any attention to Him. The more we try to turn our mind toward Him, the more He rewards it, I think and helps us understand what it is we're looking for, and reveals himself to us. We're speaking with Frederica Matthews-Green. We're talking about uh, prayer, constant prayer. Frederica is the author of a book that we loved called The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Turns to, Tunes to the Heart of God. You can find this book easily online, The Jesus Prayer by Frederica Matthews-Green. So, Frederica, during this odd time of pandemic and the closing of churches, what happened to you in your faith life? Was this good for you, or did you find it difficult to, to settle down? You know, I think it was easier for me than for most people, because my husband had retired, and we'd moved to our retirement home near our grandchildren, and um, it was not like it was a sudden change for me, because I was supposed to wake up in the morning, and the day is pretty much my own. But I think it has been a time of deeper prayer. Of course, it's a, it's a shocking situation that we find ourselves in with so much death and so much unpredictability. So there's much more to pray about and to worry about. If you have you know, relatives whose health is not the best and you think about the disastrous things that can happen. So I felt myself a little more free to take time for prayer. I felt the urgency of prayer even more than I had before. And there's, you know, there's no bad time to pray, obviously. So it's been, it's been hard, but it's also been useful, I think. And I've, I've learned some things as a result of going through this difficult time. Well, Frederica, we're grateful for your time with us and grateful that you're feeling well and that you've enjoyed your move to be with your grandkids. And uh, thanks again for being here. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, John. Our great pleasure. Frederica Matthews-Green, she's the author of The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes to the Heart of God. Also, her latest, Welcome to the Orthodox Church, An Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Come back in a few minutes. We want to talk to you for a second uh, when we come back about Tim Keller and uh, his latest news. Stay with us for that. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas, or pain, or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms, but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. 
But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. I did this weird thing as a kid. I would fall asleep with my blanket completely over my head, with only my mouth and nose poking out the side. I guess I liked the protection that the blanket offered, while still being a fan of breathing. I think a lot of us are feeling that way today, juggling how to handle the protection that our homes give us, with the desire to get out and breathe a little bit. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we don't have the end answer on how to best handle our current world, but we are pretty good at mortgages. If you're thinking of getting out and making that new home purchase you've been dreaming about, our company's direct lender advantage can often get you a lower rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Or, if you decide to hunker down at home a bit longer and want to use that time and some of your home equity to do some sweet home upgrades, our direct lender advantages may help with that too. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950, Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Pastor Tim Keller and lately his wife, Kathy Keller, have been frequent guests on our show here, The Ride Home. But uh, we were surprised, along with everybody else, and, and heartbroken as well. Yesterday, Pastor Tim Keller asked his followers for prayer as he begins chemotherapy for pancreatic cancer. The pastor and author said the news of his diagnosis, he sent the news of his diagnosis in an update on Instagram and Twitter on Sunday morning. Quote, less than three weeks ago, I didn't know I had cancer. Today, I'm headed to the National Cancer Institute at the National Institute of Health for additional testing before beginning chemotherapy for pancreatic cancer next week in New York City. Pastor Keller, 69, said he felt God present and felt physically great as he underwent initial tests, biopsies, and surgeries. He sees it as providential intervention that doctors caught the cancer when they did. Quote, I have terrific human doctors but most importantly, I have the great physician himself caring for me, he wrote. Mm. Of course, our prayers and our thoughts yeah. are out with uh, Tim, Kathy Keller, for all the people that redeem her. Absolutely. We love Tim. We love uh, both of them for their unbelievable contributions and their kindness and their just sweet spirits. And for anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer or has a loved one who was diagnosed with cancer, you know how difficult it is those early weeks of just coming to grips with it. 
just recognizing that your reality has changed that much. Um, and so if you've been through that, um, I know that you can pray specifically for Tim Keller and for Kathy as they adjust to a whole new set of life expectancies. And I, I don't mean as far as length, I mean as far as what's going to happen in your day and how you're going to deal with you know, eating and how you're going to get to your appointment because you have a thing you have to do and you have to get to the pharmacy. I mean, it's just a whole different way mm-hmm. of living. And um, so uh, I don't know, our best wishes, our prayers for him, our gratitude for all of his uh, unbelievable teaching and kindness and stuff that. over the years. I mean, the thing, the thing about so cancer good. is, is an equal opportunity offender. You yep. know, I mean, uh, you think about small children with childhood leukemia People who are in the prime of their lives or old people, everyone is subject to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it feels as though it feels as though I don't know if maybe it's just me and my age, but that more people that you more and more people, you know, have succumbed to cancer. Yep. So uh, I guess it's good news, bad news uh, that uh, there's a lot more treatments, uh, uh, certainly a lot more aggressive uh, things that are available for people. It was found, it was found very early. Right. So uh, certainly praying for Tim Keller yeah. as he undergoes first rounds of chemo. We'll take a break for the uh, 5 o'clock hour and come back. Um, The revolution will not be televised. What Paul and Silas might have said about George Floyd. That's next uh, in just a few minutes here on The Ride Home on Word FM. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Minneapolis police officer charged with second-degree murder in George Floyd's death will remain in custody on $1 million bond. Derek Chauvin said almost nothing during an 11-minute hearing in which he appeared on closed-circuit TV. Hundreds of mourners lining up outside a church in George Floyd's native Houston for a final public viewing. Floyd's funeral will be Tuesday, followed by burial at the Houston Memorial Garden Cemetery in suburban Pearland. Tropical storm Cristobal could soon renew its strength by merging with another storm system to form a large cyclone. After drenching much of the south, forecasters now expect the storm to bring fierce winds and heavy rain to much of the Midwest. Stocks closing higher on Wall Street. The Dow gained 461 points today. The Nasdaq up 110. The S&P picked up 38. This is SRN News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. 
We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Every bride is unique, and at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress is customized to celebrate her unique body shape from size 00 to 36. High fashion, private label designs made to order, as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate, and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Clear skies tonight, low 59. Sunshine tomorrow. Record time, heat, and more humid. High tomorrow, 94. Tomorrow night, turning out partly cloudy, breezy and very warm, low 73. Turning cloudy on Wednesday, it will be breezy. The temperature near the record of 94. Humid, a shower or thunderstorm, high 91. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition, the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. How about that you're with us once again? Uh, it's gorgeous out there right now, but boy, uh, in just a few hours, things are going to heat up. Someone's turning on the oven. Kath, how are things with you? Well, right now, uh, I would say things are of moderate hotness in my mm-hmm. spare room. Uh, moderate from, hotness from, Believe me, from this which will I see- broadcast now I would say less than moderate hotness I find yeah. it comfortable in yeah. here right now um, as I said at the start of today's show in in case you are a familiar uh, listener someone who follows along with uh, John and I and our lack of air conditioning uh, you'd know <laughs> that like combining that lack of AC with broadcasting from home during the pandemic era okay. is making us a little worried about mm. what the next you know eight <laughs> to ten weeks might look like here oh we we're beyond worry. We know what it's going to look like, right? Yeah, it's It'll not worry. The, it's actually, no. what, what is it when you know exactly what's coming? You're, is doom? it like resignation? Is it doom? Is it despair? Yes. I don't know. Yes, it's, it's all those things, exactly. right? Yes. Right. It'll be the uh, flop sweat edition of the ride home with John right. and Kathy before you know mm-hmm. it. It's I'm very nice. forward to that. Yeah, wait, gonna, wait do you see how high I can get my hair up on my head. Right. Now, look, in the early days of broadcasting, right? I mean, right over here in Wilkinsburg and KDK's. And you know, air conditioning. Birth. No, of course not. 
So they we're like, poly- we're, we're, they were broadcasting, John. It was radio. It was there exactly. everybody's dream come true? It was exactly the way technology was moving people forward who needed air conditioning. Right. So in many ways, we're a throwback, but we're also stalwarts, and we'll take great pride in that. So we look okay. forward to tomorrow's show. We also we, live uh, in we also live in really old houses, and I think that we should also throw that in. I love my house. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy right? to be here as well. Yeah, happy just a few days. Well. Not maybe how many days out of the year, Kath? Maybe less than ten, wouldn't you say? No, I would not say less than ten. Oh, I would, I would say less than twenty. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, but it's fine. <laughs> It is fine. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, uh, a terrific story today that actually gave me a little bit of hope uh, in the Louisiana uh, Courier Journal. Uh, Officer Galen Hinshaw heard a call over the radio that one of his fellow officers was in trouble. A crowd of protesters, John, had surrounded a police cruiser at the base of the Clark Memorial Bridge. The officer inside radioed for help as protesters, strobed in blue and red patrol car lights, banged on the car's hood and windshield. Now, Hinshaw, 4th Division patrol officer and part of the Louisiana Metro Police Department's special response team, drove as close as he could to the scene. As he got out of his cruiser, he was immediately surrounded by protesters. Some were yelling profanities, others balled their fist, and he made his way through the crowd. Through the crowd, he's wearing an extra 40 pounds of safety gear, but he was alone. Uh, As the crowd grew, he detoured to the front of a pizzeria so he could kind of keep his back to the wall, needed a place to stop and kind of reassess the situation. He was trying to keep an eye on the crowd, John, see, you know, who had weapons, who didn't, you know. Overhead, there was a police helicopter that kept watch, occasionally flooded the intersection with uh, light. Um, But that was it. That was basically the only... um, that was the only like uh, camaraderie or, or protection he had. Now, before I go further, let me say that, you know, as I say this, um, I think we all need to recognize that there are all sorts of interactions that are developing in protest situations, in home situations, in church situations, where we're all trying right now to come to a vision of what a way forward might look like. John. I think it's it's really dicey. I mean, you know, if, if you're sitting around talking to your kids at home or you're talking to your black neighbor or you're sitting down with someone who is a different color than you, um, who goes to a, the same, you know, bank that you do or whatever it is, we're all a little bit more aware of what things are, what's developing. And I think those of us of goodwill are trying to figure out what the best step is going forward. So in a situation like this, you've got cops, you've got protesters. Obviously, what's happening, what's being protested are the cops, right? So the the cop is in a bad situation. Um, But in this instance, it seems like the people that were there actually tried to take a step back and kind of look at the meta perspective and say, okay, what is important for us to keep in mind? So, John, you want me to go on with the story? Yeah, please do. Because, I mean, it's it's played itself out uh, in, in all areas of uh, different cities across the United States. And to be honest, you look at Pittsburgh, what happened here, you got to be proud of Pittsburgh. There was, you know, one spark of, of looting and rioting mm-hmm. in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, by all accounts, uh, it was cleaned up quickly, and uh, hopefully businesses are able to uh, respond to that. But when you look at the rest of the country, uh, Pittsburgh's done very well. There's been really many wonderful, peaceful protests over the last week or so. So kudos here to what's happening across uh, western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But, Kath, uh, 
Go on. I'm sorry. Well, Continue yeah, with the story. But I also, I also think, John, before I go on with with the end of the story, and it does end happily, I'll give you like a little, you know, bird's eye view. I think it's important to say that I read this story in the light of knowing George Floyd's story and knowing Ahmad Arbery's story and knowing that those stories didn't have happy endings. Right. And they also didn't have um, what this man actually ended up with were people to defend him. And so as we read this, we know that things are not as this story only ends up. There are stories that have ended very, very badly. There are stories that continue to end badly. And I guess what I'm trying to do is kind of throw light on different people's perspectives as we all try to find our way through this. I hope that's the fair. I'm trying to be as fair as I possibly can in, in, in how we talk about it. Anyway, here we go. Hinshaw's nearest help was uh, blocks away. The crowd was moving closer. Protesters were asking these questions. Now, these are important questions. Are you one of the good cops? How do you think we feel? One woman screamed, all gas, no brakes. Now, the officer tried to respond, but he was drowned out because they were a lot louder than he was. Um, He said at one point, we do care. We do care. We're trying to figure out how to care. He reasoned at one point. He said, I'm sorry you feel this way. We're trying to figure out a way forward. He was 32 years old, and as anyone would be in the circumstance, he was scared. The special response team trains once a month, but they hadn't quite prepared him for this type of circumstance because when you're on your own, you're just trying to figure out, you know, exactly. There's no manual for how to handle something like this, right? So if the if the group of people decided to attack him, there were just too many of them and that's all that was going to happen. You, we knew what the end of the story was going to look like. Anyway, he was looking at the crowd trying to make sure what was, if there were any weapons, anything he needed to be concerned about. And it was at that moment that a man emerged from the crowd in a red University of Louisville mask covering the lower half of his face. He put himself between the closest protester and the police officer. Now, this photograph you may have seen because it made its way around the Internet over the weekend. Um, Local entrepreneur Darren Lee Jr. spotted the officer in the advancing crowd. He linked arms with the stranger in the red mask. He said, once I saw the guy in the red mask go up, I thought to myself, I got to step up. This guy runs a child care center. So he got up there and he stood in front of the cop as well. So it ended up that there were five men who got between the protesters and the single police officer, John. They formed a human shield. All of them were strangers to one another. Nobody knew the name of the man to his left or to his right. Three of them were black. One was white. One was Dominican, all linking arms to keep harm away from the police officer who himself is half Pakistani. Ricky McClellan, a factory worker from old Louisville, who was one of the five, said it was a human in trouble and right is right. That's good. A human in trouble and right is right. And right is right. You know, all last week, uh, we took the opportunity to delve into so many different stories, white and black, uh, protesting, rioting, all that right? Um, we want to continue on with this conversation and I will take a break. And we do, we're going to come back and uh, we're going to talk to Dennis Edwards. He wrote a piece in Christianity today called the revolution will not be videoed. What Paul and Silas might've said about George Floyd. We'll stick around for that conversation. We hope that you do as well. Be right back. This is the ride home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 word FM.
97.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. The man, the yellow man. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit servicemasterofgreaterpgh.com to download yours today. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. We've taken opportunities all last week to check in with so many different faith leaders and just regular people about their experiences of racism here in the United States and around the world, and especially at this flashpoint right now with uh, the George Floyd uh, uh, protests that are happening still uh, across the country. It's good to go in and speak to people about their own experiences and their own pain, especially from a biblical perspective. Well, um, we saw an article in last week's uh, online edition of Christianity Today called The Revolution Will Not Be Videoed. And um, Dennis Edwards will join us right now. He's the author of the piece. Dennis is Associate Professor of New Testament at North Park Theological Seminary in Chicago, author of Might from the Margins, The Gospel's Power to Turn the Tables on Injustice. Dennis, welcome to Word FM. Hi, it's good to be with you. 
Yeah, Dennis, thanks for your time this afternoon. I have a lot of questions about your article, but before we do that, how about I ask you the same question that we put out to our listeners over four or five days last week, and that is, can you tell us what's your own personal experience with racism in America? Yeah, I can um, uh, offer you know anecdotes. I think that that's probably what um, yeah. many people would do. I sometimes hesitate on that because I don't want to sort of get into a contest of who's been hurt worse or sure. over somebody. To, that's not, to what, sort that's of not just, what we're um, looking for. That's all right. Right, right. Or for folks to kind of judge the actual anecdote. But I would say this, uh, many of the settings I've been in, whether it's school, uh, work, um, uh, just everyday existence, there have been uh, continually what we might call microaggressions, uh, a, a sense of minimizing me, my voice, my, my, um, intellect, um, my role in things. And so I would put my general experience of racism in the place of being um, minimized. And I'll say okay. it that way. It happened to me when I was in seminary. It happened to me when I, you know, go into stores. It happened to me when I worked in churches. So I, I kind of kind of encapsulated with that kind of uh, description. Right. Okay. So, so what does that do then, Dennis? I mean, uh, we're used to, I think, just the human psyche, we're used to minimizing ourselves for the most part. I think people mm-hmm. tend to think poorly of themselves, and I don't know what that even means. But when you see society looking at you as a person, and you feel that again and again and again, it has to work itself into just how you feel about yourself, how you think about yourself, how you connect with yourself. Sure. And it makes you circumspect every time you go into a place. I mean, I, I quickly try to size up the place I go to. I, I look and see how many other people of color are there. I try to figure out, is this a safe place for me? Uh, when I was at seminary and I had a professor um, uh, speak um, in a derogatory fashion to me, um, it's, it would take too long to explain the details of that, but it was a very embarrassing, shameful kind of way he talked to me in front of the class. But I wound up having like the highest grade in the class on the final exam. He treated me like I was I, I, I didn't have any brains. And that kind of thing makes you sort of second guess your next encounter and your next encounter. Right. And it starts to be the place where, you know, you start wondering, why, uh, why am I getting treated this way? <laughs> yeah. Dennis, did you say that happened to you in seminary? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, seminary wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the uh, greatest environment for me, although I did well. I mean, I graduated with honors. But it was really hard to convince people that um, that my presence there uh, was a challenge. I mean, I, I think they probably thought I should be just exuberant for being there. But culturally, it was difficult for me. And even when my Christian ethics class, I remember when I asked the professor if we would ever talk about racism because it wasn't on the curriculum. You know, he rolled his eyes and sighed in front of the class and then says out loud, well, I guess we just have to put a final exam question on it so that it make me you know, make it bad for me because now the rest of the class would be upset that there's a new final exam question. So there, there was, it was not a, a, an easy uh, road for me culturally, although academically I did well. Right. So then what does that mean, Dennis? Then if you get that sort of pushback from a seminary where there supposedly mm-hmm. are people, you know, who are deeply Christ-centered and speaking and preaching yeah. from a gospel perspective, uh, it kind of makes you, it had to make you feel a little hopeless about race relations, in, not only in the church, but in across the country. Yeah, it made me frustrated. And I was a young guy in my 20s, so I didn't, I didn't know enough, I think, at times to sort of extend beyond. I kind of hoped that these were aberrant kind of, uh, you know, encounters and situations. 
But the more I went along, I mean, even when I uh, first uh, faced ordination in the denomination and I asked about, uh, brought up some issues of uh, racial conflict in the denomination, I had all the men on my ordination committee immediately uh, dismiss me and say that that doesn't happen in our denomination. So rather than sort of engaging and thinking it through, I was just dismissed. So it did make me start to wonder, are Christians being uh, formed and shaped to look at the world in a more just fashion, or is it about our own individual sort of uh, uh, mistakes or mishaps and sort of classic things, you know, like smoking, drinking, sexual behavior, things like that? Uh, Or could we extend our thinking to look at broader issues of justice? Right. I mean, i got to be honest with you, Dennis. I don't know what to say. It's... um... You know, I've been reading as much as I possibly could in the amount of like daylight hours I have uh, since uh, George George Floyd was killed. And I guess the the number one thing I've recognized is that when I and I'm just guessing this from what I've read, but I guess I'll ask you the question. When I talk about American history, I think I'm talking about a different American history than you're talking about. Would you agree? Perhaps, and um, and I've had friends who are his, you know, who are history majors, and are some who are historians, who have framed it just the way you have that we're talking about a different history. I think, you know, related to that is, you know, it's always the stories that we tell, and sometimes we we have difficulty, and I say we in a very general sense have difficulty telling the parts of the story that don't make us look good. So when we talk about America, and and we sort of gloss over slavery or we gloss over the exploitation of Chinese uh, workers on the railroad, or we gloss over the Japanese internment, or we gloss over the way uh, Latin Americans were treated. It's sort of, and, and, and the way indigenous people were treated. There's a way that we can kind of describe America in very triumphalistic terms of being um, uh, uh, great in so many different, in so many ways and negate the story of people who were marginalized along the way. That's part of the history as well. Right. And that's the complexity of America, right? Um, Because it has been this melting pot, but of course, there's always been a white majority. There's always been someone who's been in power and many people who have not shared that power. So you're going to hear these stories that have been, you know, just part of the fabric of the DNA of who we are, for better or worse. And, And that's the triumph and the tragedy. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. Although I, melting pot has been our ideal, right? I mean, some some in some ways we didn't melt very well. I mean, and there's right. some sense that if you are a person from a different ethnic background and that's not European, then then you had better sort of be like us, whatever that us is. And right. uh, I do think that, and rather than melting, maybe it's more like you know the salad bowl, right? There's all these different pieces that are identifiable, but they're supposed to work together and enhance each other's flavor. Right. Dennis Edwards is with us. We're talking about uh, race in America. But Dennis, l- let's go into the piece that you wrote, because it's fascinating. Yeah. The, the revolution will not be videoed. Talk to us about Paul and Silas. I mean, this is a really interesting story for people who don't know the story. C- can you tell it? Well, yes. At the, in, for those who are familiar with their Bibles, in the New Testament, there is the story of Paul and Silas in Philippi, and they, they have um, many interactions there. But they even perform an exorcism, which gets them thrown in prison. And we're familiar with the uh, conversion of that jailer. It's a beautiful, powerful story, earthquake at midnight, his conversion. But then after that, the next morning, it's, that part doesn't always get preached upon. The jailer says to Paul and Silas, well, you can go now. The magistrates say you can go, go in peace. 
And Paul is agitated, and he says, go in peace. He said, they beat us without a trial. We're Roman citizens. And, and he says, certainly not. They need to come and apologize to us. And the magistrates get agitated, realizing that Paul and Silas are citizens. They do offer an apology and then ask them to leave the city. Um, it's a small interaction, and we're not always sure what to do with it. Uh, some scholars point out how you know, Paul wanted to demonstrate that true, true peacemaking. If I'm going to go in peace, it involves some level of recognition of a wrong. And, and I think there's something to that. That, that, that Paul was asserting his rights as a Roman citizen. And this wasn't explicitly about evangelism. It wasn't explicitly about propagating the gospel. It was that I'm a Roman citizen and you beat us unfairly. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to be said for um, turning the tables on the authorities to say, we have rights and you violated them. Mm. <laughs> yes, I think is the only appropriate response to that. Um, yes. It, yes. Clearly, you see this. Um, yeah. Um, I guess my question is then, um, how do we, I'm kind of, I've spent a lot of the last, you know, 10 days being speechless, Dennis, because I, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I want to say, I want to be honest about how I'm responding to things while also just recognize that in a lot of ways I'm at a deficit because I feel like I haven't been as aware of issues of justice that my good friends have suffered for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this. You, you, you say this at the Sorry. beginning of your article. You write, um, you write the videos, and, and by videos you're talking about the videos of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. You say the videos have helped some white people see a bit of what many black and brown people know. White America has long had its knee on our necks. I'm sure that some who just read that sentence are saying, well, not all of white America, but that's the problem. It's hard for people of color to feel that white America is with us and not against us. So I guess my question for you is, what do you think it would take for you, uh, Dennis, as a person of color to feel that white America is on your side? Yeah, there's, there's, there's multifaceted aspects to that. And I'm, and I'm yeah, a little I'm sure. bit older. I'm in my fifties. So I, I, I may answer that differently from someone who's younger, but I would say this, sure. that the collective nature of that, those sentences that I put there, that's, I really wanted to stress that because Christians often think in individualistic terms, like I'm not mean or I'm not. Right. And we somehow think that uh, racial injustice is reduced to uh, a personal interaction. Personal interactions are, of course, important, but we're talking about systems that have marginalized people in housing and and, uh, opportunities for education, and and we can go down a whole list of things. So what it would mean for me is that people would take some steps to to create more equitable systems in their society, that they would use whatever power that they have to be like Philippians 2 and consider others better than themselves and to and to um, help to listen to the voices of those who are on the margins. So I would say it's multifaceted. It's paying attention. It's listening. It's being humble. But it's also joining an advocacy for, for, for more just and, and equitable systems. In the midst of all this, Dennis, um, yeah. it's so complex. Um, yeah. Do you believe that this is a, sort of a line in the sand? That, you know, we've gone through this countless times, countless, countless yeah. times. Um, yeah. and I'm not even asking about hope, but has there been a change? 
You know, I think so. And I've been listening to leaders who are in my age group as well as some who are younger. And, and the thing that I think has made um, uh, a difference this time around is to see um, more uh, multi-ethnic, I'll say it that way, um, protests. So it's not just black people in the streets. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's more of a collective um, outrage. That bodes well, actually. And even though I know some people are agitated about the property loss, there's something about the, the uh, in general, the people who are coming together who want to see some change being, being not just you know, uh, some African-Americans. So in that sense, I think that maybe this is a, a, a really particular you know, moment, uh, unlike some other moments. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll use the word hope. <laughs> I mean, I have a hope that transcends our, our humanness. But I think part of my hope, anyway, includes the uh, this this multi-ethnic movement uh, that's that's wanting some change, positive change in our society. Yeah, that's good. All right, Dennis, we're all, we're already out of time, but I got to ask you one ah, more question. Wow. Um, be, uh, I, we have to squeeze it in somehow. Um, and that is that. Well, something I've been thinking about a lot over the last day or so is that we become obviously this is no news. We're so fragmented according to to political party in America. It's just a crying shame. Yeah. But I, in particular, speaking to the church, I guess my yeah. my I guess my question is, what is it going to take for us as believers in Jesus to see each other as as family? regardless of color, regardless of culture or background, to see each other as family before we see people who are like on our side politically as family? Yeah. Well, that's a, well, that's a great question because we, we almost can't discuss things without it um, sort of uh, focusing on the political right. divide. I, I, my hope, <laughs> if I could go to the spiritual part of my hope as well as the uh, advocacy part, is that people will want to be um, more like Jesus and the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus that sometimes gets created in people's minds. So I do honestly think that when we learn to have relationships with one another and listen, but that, that's, that's small. I'm not going to, we're not going to hug this out, but it, but it does, but the Christians do uh, can exemplify humility that says, I'm going to be like the Philippians and, and listen to my sisters and brothers. And I honestly think that is, that's really where a lot of the movement is going to have to happen. I don't want to point my fingers and say it has to be this one or that thing, but in the multi uh, faceted approach, that's got to be part of it is that white Christians are willing to stop and say, wait a second, maybe there's something to what people have been saying. And I need to be quiet for a moment uh, or for many moments and pay attention to what, uh, sisters and brothers are saying who are African-American, who are coming from other places. And I think that could start something powerful. That's good to start something powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. this is baked into our DNA. It goes back hundreds and hundreds right. of years. So at right. some point for America to be America, you're going to have to, we are going to have to address this in one way, shape or form. It's either going to eat us alive or we're going to transcend this in some way that will alter all of our lives. That's right. And I actually count on the Christians for that because I I maybe am less concerned about America being America than I am about Christians being Christian, because I think when that happens, it'll impact whatever country we're living in. Right. So I do think that um, for Christians to be to, to be more shaped by Jesus than the culture will will be part of the of the revolution. 
I'm yeah. into that. From North Park Theological Seminary, Dennis Edwards has been with us. His piece at CT, Christianity Today, The Revolution Will Not Be Videoed. Dennis, thanks an awful lot. We uh, certainly appreciate the conversation and your insight. Oh, thank you both. I appreciate the time. Take a break. Uh, listen, Kath, as we we think about this, you want to talk to our audience about this? Yeah, I would to, love to. I'd love to open up the phones. Okay, so w- what's the question then? What do you ask? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I guess the question I ask is, what's it going to take for us to move forward? I think, you know, the question I asked Dennis here, you know, what's it going to take for him as a person of color to feel like white America is on his side? Um, as a person who is a unique individual, what's it going to take? Um, and so I guess that's the question. What do you think it's going to take to move forward? What do you take? Is it going to you- take, is it going to take police reform? Is it going to take uh, church revolution? Is it going to take revival? What do you, what do you think it's going to take? All right. What do you think it will take for us as America to move forward? And I like the way, you know, I asked that question and Dennis framed it differently. He, you know, he said as Christians to move forward. Right. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Is, it, is this a possibility? What does it take for us to move forward? Please give us a call. Include your two cents in this conversation. We'll be right back. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. If you have a child, no matter what the age, unless you've homeschooled in the past, chances are your child right now is involved in some form of online learning. Well, here's the deal. Successful learning takes more than two computers. Both of Kath and I's kids go to Grove City College. And so we see firsthand the nature of what quality online education is. In these strange times, not the best way to go about learning, but making the best of an odd situation, that's Grove City College. Kath? I think one of the things that I've been so impressed by and thankful for, John, is the fact that the personalized approach and the personal relationships were already in place before all of this hit. So it wasn't like the professors had to figure out who the students were and, boy, I got to make sure that I can come up with some kind of like interpersonal approach to them. No, that was already happening. And so when that's, you know, when they have history in that regard and then something like this emergency hits – 
and they have to move to a different mode. It's awkward. It's weird. It takes a lot of adjustment, but really the relationship is already present. One day soon, hopefully, this will all be over and kids will be back in school. We would encourage you to check out online Grove City College, its beautiful campus, but even more so, a Christ-centered education from men and women who love to teach, love to learn. Look online, grovecitycollegegcc.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Clear skies tonight, low 59. Sunshine tomorrow. Record time, heat, and more humid. High tomorrow, 94. Tomorrow night, turning out partly cloudy, breezy, and very warm, low 73. Turning cloudy on Wednesday, it will be breezy. The temperature near the record of 94. Humid, a shower or thunderstorm, high 91. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Okay, so we're asking you to join this conversation. We've done this a few times last week. As a society, as the church, what's it going to take for us to move forward? I mean, it, it does feel as though this time is different, right? Yeah, I mean, it does seem different. People have been protesting for a long, long time, but there is some kernel here that is very forceful, that's very powerful. And like I said earlier, I mean, how do you move forward as a country or as a church? This is either going to eat us alive or we're going to address it. So if not now, when? So what will it take for us to move forward? 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. We would love, Kath and I, to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we would. Also, if you're watching the live stream on Facebook, which you can, if you log on to Facebook and go to 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with John and Kathy, you can place your comment there and I'd be happy to read it. But voices are better. So let's go to the phones. Mike, our first caller is... Greg, Greg, welcome back, friend. How are you? Hey, Kathy. How are you, John? Good, real good, Greg. What's going on with you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing. I'm down here in Washington, PA, getting ready to get the truck washed. But okay. other than that, I'm doing fine. I, I've been listening to you guys, and you know, uh, the spirit is just telling, continuously telling me, we're, it's it's going to take the the church number one. Only the church can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have to realize we have to get out of our emotions. We have to get out of our feelings and we got to do it the way the Lord wants us to do it because it's so dark right now that the body of, of God is not representing God because we are in our emotions and we as I'm a black man. So we as a black culture, we are still playing the victim role. There is not, a whole lot of there's every every white person is not bad. Every black person is not bad. Every Chinese God did not separate us. My bishop did a, a sermon yesterday, and he brought such a, a valid point. God did not separate us as color. He separated us as language. Mm-hmm. So therefore, right now where we're at, this is bigger than black and white. This is demonic. This is a spiritual war. So the only way it can be one. Is through spiritual prayer with a lot of prayer, uh, grace, mercy, and a whole lot of loving on the people that you don't think should be loved. Hmm. 
Wow. That's, That's a good Grace, word. mercy, and a whole lot of love on people you don't think should be loved. That's powerful, Greg. Exactly. Listen, always, always a great pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for your phone call. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. What's it going to take for us to move forward, whether as the church, of course, as the engine, or as the culture, or as the country? What does it take for us to move forward? We need to take a quick break, but your opinion, your thoughts are welcome at 800-320-8255. We'll stick away for, step away for just a few minutes, but stick around. It's more The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and, of course, on Facebook as well. 101.5 WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. God is incomprehensible. We can't wrap our minds around him. And yet... It gets even more hard to believe. This God, who is incomprehensible, desires to be known. Hi, I'm Ron Moore. You have an incredible journey ahead with us each morning at 11.30, Monday through Friday, right here on 101.5 Word FM. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit TermProvider.com. TermProvider.com. So, how are you? Really? Larry Yilda here. I mean, it's important. We've all been inundated by information, some good, some bad, some believable, some not. But how are you? Have you been exposed to COVID-19? You see, getting proper rest can be paramount in staying healthy. So I wear the new circle ring on my finger at night to listen to my body. The circle shares my sleep patterns and my oxygen levels. A decrease in oxygen levels in my blood can be one of the earliest indicators that my body is fighting a virus like COVID-19. The circle provides this type of vital data allowing me to make decisions and seek medical counsel ASAP. How did I sleep? By wearing the circle ring, I have the story my body wants to tell. This might alert me to a health issue and encourage me to seek medical direction. Knowing my body's story allows me to make intelligent and healthier routine changes. So, how are you? Find out like I did at bodymetrics.com, B-O-D-I metrics.com, and be sure and use promo code Larry. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Excel Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact Excel Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Excel Home Care, 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950, Excel Home Care, a help at home company. With all that's happened in America over the last 300 years and uh, uh, more acutely in the last eight weeks, the question is, what is it going to take 
for us to move forward? What is necessary? What is important? What are the things that we have to focus on? And what is all the junk uh, around us that we can just leave behind. So we're asking you to weigh in 800-320-8255 or on Facebook. You can find us there 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Scott first. Scott, welcome in. Hey, John and Kathy. Hey, as I was waiting for uh, to get on, I was talking to uh, Mike and I said, boy, I was so glad that uh, his uh, title is no longer new Mike. I thought, how long is this guy got to work for you guys? Oh, yeah. Before it becomes <laughs> he's, still, he's still new Scott. Don't he's got gray hair him. now, Mike. Scott, he's, really, he's got gray hair and saggy, uh, you know, saggy bags. The way it is. Well, the way it is. you know, I can understand that. Well, hey, the reason <laughs> I'm calling in, I just want to let you guys know, I, I do appreciate your show, and I do listen to you guys usually on the way home every day. But, you know, in addressing this um, problem, you know, I look at the Christians, you know, um, when Christ was asked, you know, what are the two greatest commandments? Um, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your and your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. if we simply obey those two commandments, this problem will go away because you would simply not do the things uh, to one another that we do to one another. However, as as a um, non-Christian community, I look at it a little bit differently. I look at it that each of us need to, um, or each person needs to uh, wake up each day, look in the mirror and say, okay, what do I have in this today? You know, um, I need to respect each and every person that I come across. Now, uh, whether that's um, a policeman respecting a, um, say, a criminal or a criminal respecting a uh, policeman, um, it goes both ways. You know, for you and I to argue, we both have to participate. But if one person simply stops arguing or refuses to argue, you know, the, the argument's over. But it comes down to respect. Um, you know, I, I look at the situation at hand right now, and, you know, I, I recognize that uh, Mr. Floyd was absolutely abused and that uh, what happened to him was very wrong. However, um, in his case, he made a choice. And just like many people, whenever you make a choice to um, commit a crime, uh, regardless of how great or how little it is, um, you know, I've, I've been pulled over many times for speeding or whatever, and I, it was simply, yes, sir, no, sir, uh, thank you, sir. And a friend of mine, um, I'm right. 61 you know what? years I'm, old. Scott, I'm sorry. We're going to have to cut you off only for time reasons. Uh, Scott, okay. thanks for your phone call. I will say, though, that, um, yeah, you can say whatever you want about George Floyd, about what he had done or what he hadn't done, but what he had committed was not a capital offense, and he should not have died that day. 800-320-8255. Jim's up. Hey, Jim, thanks for uh, being with us. You're live with Kathy and myself. What, what's your two cents, please? Uh, thank you so much, John and Kathy, for you're doing a great service to the city, talking these things out. I just think um, being a, a son of a policeman who uh, lived through the, the riots of the 60s and even the 70s, um, I have that understanding. Also, mm-hmm. ha- having played basketball and being uh, a minority on my team and going to some tough areas uh, in, in New York, I got to understand what it was like uh, to be, you know, um, just one of uh, somebody in a minority group. I also going to stores with my friends. It was different. Um, I I I felt we were followed. So I, I understand the apprehension that uh, you know black men have. It's real. Um, I just think that we as Christians we have to be the listeners. We ha- we have mm-hmm. to be the leaders right now. We must be the leaders. Yeah. 
and our family. I think we were doing a good job of talking, trying to seek out, you know, other perspectives because uh, we don't come from the same situation. And we, we really must lead. And um, I, I think this could be a great time in our nation. It's, it's painful to watch this. But I, I do think, um, you know, through this type of stress, we, we usually, you know, we, we see through time that this is where we get our most growth. I know through, you know, my deepest struggles, I've come, you know, uh, had, had the greatest amount of growth. Uh, would I choose to go through, down those paths again? No, but, um, you know, uh, this is a tough, dark night of the soul we're all going through. But I, I trust the Lord is trying to teach us something here, and I want to listen to him. I think he's talking to us and our nation, and uh, we have much to learn and much to grow. Thank you. That's great. That's a great phone call, Jim. Thanks an awful lot for that wisdom. Really appreciate it. 800-320-8255. Mike, who's up next? Sorry. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, come on in. How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. Tell us what your thoughts are. What's it going to take for us to move forward? Well, it's an interesting thing. I'm 53 years old. I'm a black man. I'm an ordained reverend. And uh, I've dealt with, you know, these kinds of things for many years. We marched during the Rodney King uh, uh, verdict, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen it a long time. I really think that God gave us the way out of this, and it's uh, going to be long and hard, uh, but we have to be committed to it. I think we're at a tipping point in the history of the world. I think there's no greater time to be alive than right now experiencing what we're experiencing. Because what happens here in America during this time shaped the rest of the world for, the, for, the, for as long as history lasts. It will be turned on these days right in here. And I say that because wow. when we consider that the world is watching, there are marches on every continent in the world right now. The world is watching what is happening to America, and America is the ideological city on a shining hill, a shining city on a hill, and it is the place where a woman would take her kids by themselves, put them on a boat, put them over the ocean just to get to America, because they believe, the hope is that there's some great uh, uh, advantage to their children coming to America, but now if America cannot treat its own citizens correctly. If the veil has been pulled off like the Wizard of Oz, the curtain's been pulled back, and we see that America itself is murdering its citizens on live camera with a police officer uh, endowed with power by the state with a smirk on his face, taking the breath of life that God breathed into man. He said he created man out of the dust in the ground, and he breathed a part of himself into man, and man became a living soul. And when that man took his breath from him, he stole what God gave him. So we just have to follow God, and, and we have to do the things that are righteous. Now, everybody knows that the black man in this country, all white people have to do is ask themselves, would you want to be treated the way black and brown people are treated in this country? Andrew, I'm sorry, we have to close you out only because Amen. time is God done. Bless. All right, Mike, let's, let's go to a break. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for that phone call. And that's call the question, isn't it? I mean, that's the, that you. final question is the question, and people yep. nod their head and say, no, I would not want to be treated that way. Take a break, come back, there's more ahead. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM.
Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorkehe inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats, and these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected at trinityjewelers.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Thrift with a purpose at the grand reopening of City Mission Thrift Stores. Going on now. City Mission has been preparing stores with safety measures and disinfecting to protect shoppers and employees. Find lots of great items at the best deals while supporting City Mission programs for men, women, children, and veterans. All seven City Mission thrift stores have modified reopening hours Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, with a special senior citizen shopping hour, 9 to 10 a.m. For the store near you, visit citymission.org slash shop. Over 1,200 acts of violence occurred in churches last year. It's likely that churches will continue to be targets for crisis events. Is your church prepared to respond? Your church can know how to prepare and can also know how to biblically respond to whatever crisis your church encounters. The world is watching us. Learn how to redeem crisis events with a powerful Christian response through online training at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org For the past however many weeks, we've been reading Scripture as part of our our daily discipline here on the air. Today, uh, this is from Amos 5 through 12 and 15 and 21 through 24. Kath, I love this. You said there's a lot of it in Amos we could just dive deep into. We could read the the whole book for crying out loud, but I've just picked a couple uh, verses because I thought that's what we could squeeze in time-wise. So let's start. This is Amos chapter 5. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. 
I hate, I despise your religious festivals, says the Lord. Your assemblies, they are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Amen to that. Amos 5.12. I'm sorry, Amos 5.12 through 15 and 21 through 24. Hey, uh, listen, uh, we're open 24-7. So check us out on Facebook if you want to comment, you want to connect. 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. It's always a good place to stop by. John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.